Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, a forever legacy member of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network, and available to you anywhere in the world, courtesy of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, joined by uh, my co-hosts, John Dam Johnston, Hoss Reuter, and back by accident, but happy to have him is uh, our coordination baseball correspondent, Keith Yapel, who insisted on being on this week's episode because of the big series coming up with Arizona State. So, gentlemen, uh, how's everybody doing? Haas, we'll start with you. He started with, you said my name first. You know, I was actually about to address that. You start with me first, but suddenly my name is not after the skippers in this rotation. Is it supposed to be? It typically has been. <laughs> My God, it's change. I can't handle change. What are you doing changing things? Okay. And I thought Keith Yaple's name was pronounced Yapley. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> I, thought, I fought with a Yapley at Bunker Hill. He was right next to me. Tannenball took his head clean off. He was a good man. Did, did he wait to fire when he saw the whites of their eyes? Yeah, and that's why a cannonball took his head clean off. That's the mm-hmm. stupidest order ever. Of course, the muskets we had back then were about as accurate as CNN news. Welcome Pow! to our podcast. John's a lib man. Yeah. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Greg Mahochko, joined by uh, my co-hosts, Hoss Reuter and John Dam Johnston. And uh, happy to have back uh, on the panel this week is Keith Yapel. We're excited to talk some Nebraska baseball with their uh, big meeting uh, with Arizona State. What? It's making me sad. Why? We lost to Northwestern. How do we lose to Northwestern? They suck. Uh, Fire Darren Erstead. It's all about launch velocity. And, no, uh, come on. You know that baseball is a game of streaks and whatever is not a streak. Much like another sport. Ramdenon. Randon. Oh, forget it. <laughs> so we've a streak of sucking for four weeks. When you Darren lose to Iowa, it takes the life out of your program. Yeah, you know, we've got to evaluate where Iowa is, right? <laughs> yeah, well. We'll evaluate it after the end of the season. Right now we have a big series with Arizona State coming up, and it's our chance to get back on track and get right back into that regional hosting battle. Have you seen how terrifying they are? They have three. They have one guy who has 21 home runs. Like, they have the guy from Oregon State but on steroids. They've hit 80 dingers in the team. Of course, like, and we've hit, what, 20? Well, that's... That's how Arizona State plays baseball. No. Yes, it is. It's all or nothing with them. Over the fence or nothing. I mean, you know, I wish we kind of were over the fence or nothing instead of just nothing. <laughs> well, that, that, there could be, you know what, we could do more. We could leave more men on base this year. Well, you know, uh, at some point that requires us to get men on base. 
<laughs> cart before the horse thing, huh? I don't want to but like, come on. Northwestern threw like five guys who had like six plus ERAs and we had like three people on base. Yeah. I, I, I you know what? I, well, was, Sunday I just, I stopped. I couldn't take it anymore. Hey, well, at least we won a Monday after four hours of playing baseball. But here, here's the thing. I mean, I think we do have a decent baseball team. We have good starting pitching. Maybe our bullpen, we've got pitchers. Maybe they could perform. I mean, there's, you never know what's going to happen until the end of the season comes up. And we are in third place in the Big Ten. And uh, we are still projected to make the NCAA tournament. So there's, it's not a bad news. Uh, D1 Baseball has us out as of today. Who does? D1? Yeah. Well, I guess then we're going to have to play well in this series against Arizona State. And then we have to beat Michigan, who, like, have we ever played well against Michigan? No. I don't I don't know. Well, Not since Amir Abdullah went over the goal line in 13. <laughs> I was at uh, our game. I was watching that game at a bar, I is it bad? How, how, how is Arizona State's pitching? Arizona State's pitching, they have one good guy, and the rest of them are trash. They did but lose make, three to UCLA. They look like all-stars against us. Everyone looks like an all-star against us. My God, you know what? You guys, I got to tell you, I can't be a contrarian with you guys doing this. I have to be a sunshine pumper because... Fire Darren Erstead. No, see, John, you're still being a contrarian. You're just being a contrarian to their pessimism. I am. That's what I have to be. That's what has to happen. We're going to win this John series. We're going to win this series. We're gonna, our offense is going to break out of a slump. We're going to score 10 runs in two games. And that by that, I mean a piece. All, John, all is, sunshine you're pumping, you must have taken some blue chew before the show. <laughs> you, you start that out. You just started out with that. Well, you know, I have to get in one reference per show. <laughs> one reference for 10 minutes. Okay, yeah. well, is, is there anything else we should know about Arizona State? Um, they're just, you know, they're coached by Tracy Smith, who used to coach Indiana, but then he wanted to go someplace warm where yes. they could recruit and oversign and not be penalized. Smart well, man. bad. You know, it's like, what was that rule that Nebraska used for football recruiting for the longest time in the Big 8 and Big 12? Prop 85, Prop 48. Yeah, that, that's like literally what everyone else does except Nebraska in baseball recruiting. You mean the rest of the Big 10? No, not the rest of the Big 10, but like the Pac-12, the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12. They can oversign. They can all find shady ways to get recruits. Uh, and that's why we're stuck with the players we're stuck with. Of course, I'm pretty sure if you took, like, Luke Roskam and put him on Indiana, he'd probably, like, be the next Kyle Schwarber. (laughs) It's bad. Like, I think like this. Yeah, well, I get it. He's batting, what, 238 this year, and he has 28 strikeouts and 8 walks? Like, that ain't doing us any good. Or Jack... Mark, who has 35 strikeouts and is batting 226. Like, these people are supposed to improve year to year, not get worse. Right. And we're not... Okay, Altavilla had a good game on Monday, 
And that's about the first good thing he did all year. You know, it's, it's he was rough. he was uh, lights out last year, wasn't he? No, he was awful last year. It was serious. Oh, he was. Yeah, was two years ago. Okay. You know, I mean, is it well bad? when you, when you've been around forever, the years just all look the same. Also, is it bad I had to look up who Harrison Beck was? Yeah, no. I mean it's not ideal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not bad at all. I'm like. Okay, I didn't follow baseball or not baseball, but football until like probably twenty till Sue. So I'm like, who the hell is Harrison Beck? He just leaped right into the next segment without letting you know, Greg. Yeah, I know. Uh, the spoiler alert: we'll we'll hear about that later. Um, coming up at the end of the show in our "Use Your Voice" segment. But we're going to start off uh, this episode, you know, ten or however many minutes in. Uh, and we're going to talk about one of the bigger stories in sports out of the, this past weekend, and that's the Kentucky Derby. And I know you're. Wondering, I thought it was the Royal Baby. I don't know anything about that. Probably as many okay. pompous idiots in one as the other. Okay, I'm sorry I cut you off. No, it's okay. Um, I, I I know you're wondering what does the Kentucky Derby have to do with Husker athletics? The answer is I have no idea. Um, but for the first time in the history of the Kentucky Derby, the uh, horse to cross the line first is not declared the winner. Uh, disqualified was maximum security for, I guess, nudging other horses. I don't understand horse racing, so it's not like bump drafting or anything like that. NASCAR, another quote-unquote sport I don't understand. Uh, did anybody, I mean, they, they call it the most exciting two minutes in sports. Did either any, any of you guys... Uh, Watched the Kentucky Derby last week? It was thrilling. Was it? Watching a lady in a room have no idea what she's doing is absolutely the most exciting 15 minutes of sports. What are you talking about? Are you talking about the royal birth? No, I'm talking about the steward who, like, literally was just watching TV for 15 minutes. Trying to decide, um, what are we doing? Um, um, oh, disqualify. And then she doesn't make a statement, and you have no idea why the horse is even disqualified. So that that result being, you know, what it was. Obviously, Ugh. there are you know people who tore up their betting slips, you know, when they realized that uh, country home or house or whatever it was didn't win, uh, or, or you know when they thought that the country house didn't win, they tore up their betting slips, and of course, once it, it's torn up, you can't use it anymore. So. Uh, a lot of people probably lost a, a lot of money, and I'm sure that the betters were not happy. But I want to talk more about the ownership for Maximum Security because they said that you know that horse was not going to run at the Preakness Stakes this weekend, saying if if there's no op, uh, you know chance at a Triple Crown, we're not going to bother. And I thought, you know, if every horse that didn't win the Kentucky Derby did that, why the hell would they have the Preakness Stakes? It'd be like you know, well. We didn't win uh, Kentucky Derby. I guess we're not going to win the Triple Crown. We're just going to pack it in. I, I I don't know. That's a very cynical point of view. I, I get that. But it's like, go out and, you know, damn, you can still. You, I would, and I had this thought earlier in the week, if I were that ownership group, I'd put my horse out there to prove that my horse was the best and that whatever happened at, at Kentucky Derby was, you know, so, you know flukish. Um, you guys have any thoughts on... Because now the winner, Country House, 
uh, or little homes and gardens or better homes and gardens, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, that, that one's not running a preakness because I think the horse is getting sick. Um, what, what's your guys take on, on first, I guess, you know, on, on the situation, but you know, in, in totality, uh, horse racing in general, I'm, it, it's a little too bougie for me to use a horse word. No, Hoss, you go ahead and take this one. <laughs> Did Hoss fall asleep? No, he's... Hoss, Sorry, are you I there? Grabbing pro- I was grabbing a protein bar. What's up? <laughs> Kentucky Derby, your thoughts. Ready, go. Uh, didn't watch it. Okay. Sport for rich people with big heads. I told you. I told you it was too bougie for me. If it's too bougie for me, it's way too bougie for Hoss. Well, I think the thing is, is that, that the horse maximum overdrives or maximum security. Uh, I mean, he's from he's from California, right? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, are you gonna? It's not like a horse can get on an airplane. It's not like you. It, you know what I mean? They don't, as far as I know, or they don't. You know what I mean? You don't like get a horse and you go, okay, buddy, we're gonna go through TSA security and then we're gonna walk onto the plane. We're gonna get on it for two hours and then we're gonna get off the plane and everything's gonna be fine. You might have a little bit of jet lag because of the hour difference. You know what I mean? Moving a horse around has got to be strenuous on the horse. Can, can I throw this out there just as not not to disagree with you at all, because I, I definitely understand uh, exactly where you're coming from. Um, by the way, I'm looking up uh, Maximum Security's horse profile on Equibase.com, which I guess is a dating site for horses. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, no um, – so I can't I can't confirm it's not saying anything about uh, uh, where exactly the horses you know stay based out of, um, but you would think that if they were you know from Kentucky and with uh, the Kentucky Derby or, or from California with the Derby and Preakness being you know a week apart that they would find a stable find a place to hang out on the eastern part of the state right on or part of the country you know without having to you know cross you know do road trips in consecutive weeks would you think that or is that just me well my uh currently country horse or not country horse sorry maximum security is hanging out at monmouth park uh their owners say that uh maximum security won't run in the preakness and won't run in the belmont stakes but it's going to run in some race at Monmouth in, like, July. So, basically, the horse is just be a pansy and sitting around in New Jersey for three months, not doing anything. I can think of a dozen places off the top of my head that I'd rather spend three months at than Jersey. I can think of... I've never been there, but yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, here's the thing. With the, to the rest of us, maybe the Preakness means something, but, I mean, if you got a horse of that caliber, maybe you go run it at Monmouth Horse Track or whatever, and it makes just as much money for you if it would, as if it won the Preakness. I mean, I guess, yeah, if you didn't win the Kentucky Derby, then the allure, the possibility of, of uh, winning the Triple Crown is, is out the window. But I, just the... the you know, why, why not go and, and compete against the best? You know, and wouldn't the best be a Preakness? I mean, isn't that why it's the tri- part of the Triple Crown? One of the three To jewels. be the man, you got to beat the man. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, but we're talking about horses. Yeah, but you know what they say about Ric Flair. 
I mean, they, they say that it, it looks like a baby's arm holding an apple, so I'm pretty sure he could stand in there with the horses and be feel right at home. Just, just saying. Well, you know, the only reason why they care about what race the horsemen, right? Yeah, no. Like, just the so they can go make horse babies and make much money off that. Yes. All it is is rich white people wanting to make money off of some because they're too lazy. Yep. It's, it's just insane. All right. So, anyway, if you want to learn more about uh, maximum security, you too can go to equibase.com and uh, sign up. And I think they'll guarantee you love within 30 days. Anyway. Um, so that's all that I had as, as far as that goes. Uh, we're going to talk very soon. Okay, I, and that is our cue. We're now going to talk uh, about ESPN. And in their top 25, uh, you know, preseason or offseason top 25, they have Nebraska listed. Not only is Nebraska listed, and this is my favorite part, Nebraska is listed in the top 20 at number 20, but they're ahead of Iowa, which is fantastic. They're ahead of Wisconsin, which is slightly surprising. And uh, uh, they that's that's I mean that's kind of all I had in that regard, but kind of exciting to see. That. What's your take? Is, is the preseason buzz, is it detrimental or is it a good thing? John? I'm okay with that. I mean, why not? I mean, let's face it, everybody, here's the thing, everybody complains about these are worthless and these are stupid, but that's to hardcore college football fans, okay? What we don't, what those of us who are hardcore addictive have a mental problem with college football don't understand is that when you, a guy who just wants to sit down and may think, hey, maybe I'll watch college football, he looks at a list of college football games at the beginning of the season and he says, I'm going to look for the ranked teams. And that's the game he turns on TV. That's why the rankings are there. Okay? So... It's not just for us to argue about it. It's for casual fans to go, hey, maybe Nebraska might be have a good team this year. I think I'll watch them. They used to be good. <laughs> anyway. Hoss. But, oh, go ahead. Finish, John. No, I was done. That's good. You were not. You, you, there's more to your thought. I know it. Uh, Hoss, t- talk to me about do you have a preference as far as if Nebraska is ranked or under? Do you, do you prefer them having that kind of underdog mentality heading into the season? I know that coming off of, you know, four and eight record and back to back, I guess, four and eight records, they, they're, you know, coming in feeling like they've got a lot to prove anyway. Do you think that the preseason ranking matters to them? I don't think it matters. Um, at the end of the day, it's still a team that was four and eight in back to back years even though we did finish out the year strong last year, I I really feel like preseason polls are immaterial. Um, to invoke Bill Callahan, well, Jim, it ain't how you, it's not how you want, line up, it's how you wind up, you know. Um, that's just a very win. good Bill Callahan. He'll take care of himself. What was that? I said that's a very good, very accurate Bill Callahan uh, impersonation. Hey, Husker fans. <laughs> uh, Keith, talk to me. Uh, in the top Does 25. Does have a quarterback? What? Does Wisconsin even have a quarterback? No. 
Jack they, Cone. They're literally going to roll with Jack Cone? Yep. Unless that true freshman who's coming in is the real deal, which, let's face it, his biggest task will be the second and a half it takes to hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor. True. Or, uh, who's the other guy they got? Uh, they're a stupid fullback shit that I hate. <laughs> oh, you mean Jonathan Taylor, or what are you talking about? No, I don't know, but I think Melvin like, Gordon just scored Eric on us again. Brochak or whoever. Usually gets like in the third quarter eleven yards to carry because defense is trash for that. Point. Yeah, number thirty-seven, the white guy. Yeah, yeah, the white running back, the one that looks makes our defense look awful. Yeah, Garrett Grochek or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, it's like oh god, who's that guy? Like Mike Trumpy from Northwestern. Like they belong in like a team together. It's like white people schools that we shouldn't lose to. That just are magically good at football. Well, if we're gonna go down that road, we're gonna have to talk about the great white hope Rex Burkhead. Oh, uh, I thought you were gonna talk about uh, a certain Texas quarterback named McCoy. What? I thought you were gonna talk about Colt McCoy. Oh God, still not over that game. <laughs> he in ten years. I honestly don't understand. How much different Colt McCoy and uh, Sam Ellinger are? Well, Sam Ellinger's a dude. He can run. He can do the Tebow, where he runs like five yards. And he's, he, you know, he's basically, like, he reminds me a lot of Scott Frost as a player. I mean, really? He's a good, I hate Texas, but Ellinger's a good QB. To me, I don't know. I think Texas being in the top ten is a bigger overrated story. They did win the Sugar Bowl. They are going to lose three games at least this year. They're they're at number 11, according to ESPN. They have to play... uh, Dan Johnson, stats guy. (laughs) You've got Michigan. You've got Michigan at number seven as the top rated. Oh, I'm sorry, Ohio State. I I assume that's Ohio State and not Oklahoma State at number five. I was going to say, yeah, there are six uh, Big Ten teams in the top 25 uh, preseason standings. Uh, Seven... SEC teams, and so, I mean, you can see that, you know, progress is is being made, I would say, Um, you know, as far as the outside perspective uh, or opinion on uh, Big Ten football, uh, having Nebraska return to form is really, I think, going to elevate the uh, Big Ten's profile in, in ways that it hasn't been in a long time. I yeah, I, a strong Nebraska program is key for the Big Ten. Even though well, I don't they, think you'll it, find a single Iowa fan to admit that. Well, I think that we need the the Big Ten needs the West to stand up and do something. And it's getting better. It's not quite the imbalance between East and West isn't quite as bad as it was a few years ago. Right. You've got Purdue coming up. Minnesota looks like they're going to be better. Then, you know, we're going to run the table. Awesome. If our boy isn't all big time, I'm going to be really angry. Adrian Martinez? No, Deshaun. Deshaun Neal? Yeah. Oh. Uh, 
to quote Damon Benning from the Friday before the Northwestern game when they were talking about Deshaun being hurt and not making the trip, Damon Benning said, at this point, I'm not sure, even if he's healthy, I'm not sure if he can play dead. All I got to say is, you know, I love my Purdue football team. And I think we're going to have a hell of a contest between uh, Wandale and Rondale. Yeah, it's gonna come. It's gonna end with Nebraska win something like sixty-three to twenty-eight. <laughs> not if Lorenzo Neal has anything to say about. We are not if who Lorenzo Neal. He's back, right? He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not. He graduated, man. Oh, shit, he did graduate. <laughs> yeah, thank God. I don't have to see him abuse our centers anymore. Even though I would have traded our entire D-line just for him. No, you're wrong, man. Guess he's a senior this year. Oh, son of a bitch. I mean, the good news is I get to watch him, you know, when he's not playing against us. But when we play against Purdue, I'm just going to be focusing on the battle between Cam Jurgens and Lorenzo Neal Jr. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's a senior this year, 6'3", 315, you know. Well, just so no, you know, no... uh, go ahead. Greg. I, I think it's the. I, I'm not familiar with uh, the down south. You know, with with all the big papers of all the uh, metropolitan areas in the country, but uh, the Atlanta Journal Constitution, by chance. Anyway, AJC.com in a blog post from just a couple of days ago says that the Falcons are projected to land Purdue defensive tackle Lorenzo Neal Jr. in the 2020 NFL Draft. And I was right. It was the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Son of a bitch. Look he's, at me go. These mock drafts start earlier and earlier every year. Well, Hoss, I, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's up? If you could take two players out of any Big Ten team and put them on Nebraska, who would you take? Ooh, good question. Okay. Well, I'm going to cut to the chase right here. I'm going to take Lorenzo Neal Jr. from <laughs> Purdue and put him on in the middle of our D-line. Okay, you got one more, then. Another player. Probably, uh, what's his name? Tristan Wirth, the Iowa center. So you're going to be strong up front. That that was the most unsexy answer you could have ever given. I mean, you know what's sexy? Winning he's games. Not, he's, not a, he's not a really sexy guy. <laughs> And John knows I'm all a thing about or two pragmatic about efficiency. Guys. He's about pragmatic efficiency. That's what the women say about him. Yeah, I tell, you know, 45 seconds, boom. And on that happy note, we remind you, just before we go to break, that uh, Blue Chew can help uh, change your life as well. My God. And we'll be back <laughs> to the Five Heart Podcast. Noted slump buster, Blue Chew. <laughs> That's right. Guys, if you're in a slump, give your gimmick the hot tag with Blue Chew, and we'll be back. And we're back. I mean, to, well, go ahead. What? I was just going to say, did anyone really expect me to pick a skill player? I think you'd have been roasted alive if you did. Well, I mean, like, there's no other quarterback in the Big Ten I'd rather take. Okay. Maybe. 
okay, we, we need Taylor. to record this part because obviously he asked that question when we already had something else going. So let's just go, go with what his question was. Well, no, it's it's still being recorded. It's okay. Okay, uh, how can you how can you say what two Big Ten players would you take and put on Nebraska's team and not pick Jonathan Taylor? You know, because I'd rather be strong up front. Well, I'd rather be strong up front too. But right now, Mr. Dedrick Mills looks like he may not, may not make it to school, which leaves us with a running back core that is kind of, I don't know, motley. Would you say it's Wyatt Missouri? UCF went undefeated with a by-committee approach at tailback of Adrian Killens, uh, Dedrick Snelson, and what's his, what's his bucket? Otis Anderson. Okay, well that's nice, but that's okay not the discussion Ramir we're Johnson. having. We're having. We're going to be okay between Ramir Johnson, Maurice Washington. Push comes to shove. Wyatt Missouri. So you you just say no to Jonathan Taylor? I mean, I wouldn't say no, but I'd rather secure the center position before all else. Yeah, but is Maurice Washington even playing for the team? I think he'll play. How many games he sits out? It's a whole other ball game. Plus, he's not a. I mean, he's a. I, I like Maurice Washington as the guy that moves around and you know catches passes out of the backfield and, and is, is open space. Jonathan Taylor is the guy that's going. He's going to go and smash people over when you want him to smash people over. All right. If, if it was August, if it was August eighth, or you know what, let's go one further. September eighth, and our running back situation was still in the dire straits that it is now. I would say, you know, yeah, Jonathan Taylor. But right now, you you can mold in this offense what you're going to do. You don't need to have that big bruising tailback. Divine was nice to run out of the spread. Jonathan Taylor would be nice to run out of the spread, but. You can also put Wandale Robinson back there. And like I was saying, if it was September 8th and we were in these dire straits still, I bet you'd see Wandale Robinson play more eyeback. I, I just have Someone's two other players. Me or him? Ah. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Kenny Willikis? Ooh, you know, I, that, that would be a tempting one, along with, like, A.J. Epinesa. Yep. I mean, uh, the the only skill player that would really stand out to me, besides Jonathan Taylor, uh, Nebraska could probably do some damage with, like, Donovan Peoples-Jones, because he's misused. By oh, misused. yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh Metellus is kind of trash, Michigan. Or anything? Who else we could? I mean, I'd say I want to say Rondale Moore, but you know, you have Rondale. Maybe I'm putting the first with Wandale. Lavert Hill. Oh, why am I drawing a blank on who he plays for? Michigan needs a corner. Uh, you know, I like our corners. I like our secondary right now. You think so? Yep. 
I thought they showed a lot of improvement down the stretch, including everyone's whipping boy, uh, Lamar Jackson. I thought I thought he actually started to show some good promises the year went on. DiCaprio Boodle had a quietly good year. Is he back? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he like should be like twenty five by now. Let's see. Redshirt in 16, true freshman under the Bob debacle defense in 17. Um, sophomore last year. He's junior this year. God, I feel old. I guess I feel old because I also tutored like Avery Anderson and uh, all that class. He's still around. Isn't he? And literally has not done anything. I know. I feel like that's the most disappointing. Uh, well, it's not the most disciplinary group of government. It's up there. What about Micah Parsons? Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> what? God, I, I just that, did. I, I just house, did. I wonder how that house that his family got is. I wonder if it's nice. Well, we don't care. He's just a linebacker, and we need linebackers, don't we? He's a pass rusher, and we need oh. pass rushers, don't we? Well, there you go. Is there anyone on Rutgers football team that you think would be an upgrade uh, over Nebraska's roster? Dude, I don't even think I can name a single player on Rutgers football team. Is Giovanni, whatever his name is, still the quarterback? He sounds like he owns an Italian pizza restaurant. Here's the here's- – <sighs> I- Here's probably the only no upgrade, probably the only upgrade from Rutgers to Nebraska, and that would be I don't know his name, but the long snapper because Nebraska's just graduated and Rutgers probably has plenty of experience. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? We're gonna have Damian Jackson long snapper. Okay, sorry, I didn't know. I didn't see that on the depth chart. Same same question. Is there anyone on Illinois' team that you would consider an upgrade? Oh, yeah, their defensive end Reggie probably. Corbin. Yeah, that's true. Reggie Corbin. That would be a good choice. Maybe, maybe uh, what was his name? Roy Roundtree, their DN. Roy Roundtree was a receiver for Michigan like six years ago. Yeah, there was a Roy Roundtree who played for Illinois this past season, too. Love he was the guy who sacked Martinez just before the half. Lovey Smith would be a great addition. <laughs> Both the first big player. No, we don't, uh, don't want to pay that contract. One thing I don't understand about Illinois football, that could be a sleeping giant of a college football program. You're in the Big Ten. You have a good recruiting base in Chicago, St. Louis. You know, Indianapolis isn't far. I mean, they should be a lot better than they've historically been. Hey, I just remember the good old Juice Williams days. Oh, yeah, and Mikel LeSure. Yeah, don't even give me a second. If the Illinois job was ever offered to me, I would take the Illinois job. Hey, by the way, the guy's name Bobby Roundtree. His career high in tackles against Nebraska, career high in tackles for loss against Nebraska, career high for sacks against Nebraska. Career high for four fumbles against Nebraska. What are you trying you to say? So, 
I'm sitting here making this guy a Hall of Famer. Yeah. You know, I just got to say it's kind of depressing. All right, Keith, you know, I'll help uh, Greg usher in the next segment here. Got your button ready, Greg? I don't even know what button we're talking about. <laughs> the, the sports center. I thought that was the thing to usher in a new segment. No, that was that, somebody's that, phone going off. Phone off. Okay. And I'm pretty sure we're going to have to pay for that. Thanks a lot, Keith. And we're going to work through. We're going to work through this entire panel. You got a one-game scenario. One, you're in the national championship game. Oh damn it! I didn't realize we were there yet, but okay. You can pick any former Nebraska quarterback to quarterback your team. One game, national championship. Who do you pick? One quarterback? Yep. Well, that's the guy. I mean, how many quarterbacks do you need? Like, you got to put four on the field at the same time? I mean, if we're going to go like Notre Dame's old box offense, yeah. No. Yeah, that's that's what we do these days. Yeah, you might come around to that eventually. Probably, probably Eric Crouch. Okay. Why? Why? You have to give reasons. You can't just say Eric Crouch. Eric Crouch just seemed... He just made defenses like... Like, you know... It wasn't like the glory years of Nebraska football. It was like the downhill. And, you know... He still managed to run through everyone. And it... It's not that... Because, I mean, the... I think what people probably say is... I don't know. The popular choice would be like Tommy Frazier, Scott Frost... I mean, to me, in 2019, I just think Eric Crouch's game fits better with, you know, the way football's being played now. He would be a hell of a spread option quarterback. Yeah. I mean, not that – why? Do you think Tommy Frazier would be a good one too? Oh, I think Tommy Frazier would be a great one. Um, really? I just think Crouch being more of a physical inside runner, like if you were running like Frost's offense, imagine – Crouch taken off on that quarterback dark play that we run where the tackle pulls around and leads, you know, for the quarterback. And Even though Crouch would have been deadly. Could I have a second choice? My second choice would be pre injury Taylor Martinez. You son of a bitch. That's why we don't give well, second we choices, Keith. Choice. <laughs> well, well, right, that's so exactly just, what I wrote down. That's exactly what I wrote down. So you're just gonna try. You guys are just gonna try to burn defenses repeatedly with zone read and quarterback sweep plays, huh? I just watched uh, Taylor Martinez versus uh, versus Missouri. In what year was that? Two thousand nine. Ten. Ten. I just watched that on repeat sometimes because that that was just, I mean, beautiful of watching. Same game got injured too. Exactly. Yeah. That's. It makes me sad. I actually wrote down pre-injury Taylor Martinez as my third choice. John, I'm surprised you didn't write down like Denny Claridge. Well, God. I mean, you know, I could do that. But, I mean, come on. Do I always have to be the crusty old man? Yeah. Or what about uh, – here's a throwback for you, John. Travis Turner. I don't remember <laughs> who that is. Can I make my choices now? 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. Make your choices. I mean, you, you use choices like as plural. It's really only supposed to be one. Yeah. I'm going Zach Taylor. Ooh, a little West Coast o- offense action. No, huh? no, I'm Zach Taylor in whatever offense I want. He's you don't have to stick him in an offense. Him, are you going to try to run him out of the shotgun? He's going to be wingsing in the ball all over the place, man. I didn't know we had Mike Leach on the podcast. Zach Taylor is third all-time in passing, and he only played for Nebraska two years, and his first year wasn't that good. Okay, Plus, he played for a team in which the defensive coordinator didn't know where his head and his ass was, and it was a constant duel. Oh, our our defenses in 05 and 06 weren't bad. We led the nation in sacks in 05. He still didn't know what he was doing. Okay, uh, you know, whether they were good Cosgrove or bad, in 05 and 06 have put together some decent defense. Okay, I'm, I'd pick Zach Taylor because he's going to throw the ball all over the place and he's going to make good decisions while he's doing it. That's going to be whoever you're playing. That's going to be like a five-hour game. You better pack a lunch. I'm okay if I win. It can be two days. Yeah. War of attrition. Right. I actually right, picked Greg. four quarterbacks. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. Yeah. You can wake up, you son of a bitch. No, no, no I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm with it. I'm hip. Um, I wasn't really expecting to answer the question. I was just trying to skip her the, the conversation. No. What? Just <laughs> because you're supposed to be like the moderator doesn't mean you get out of this. Um, I'd, I'd probably go with Scott Frost, in all honesty. Um. Just, but I, but that's all right. That one comes from the obvious. Uh, you, you know, he did, uh, he, he's a national champion. I mean, he's, he's got, I mean, if you take away, depending on how, I, I didn't really formulate the question very well. I just said pick a quarterback and throw him in the national championship game. But, you know, Scott Frost has national championship experience. I mean, he's, he's got the ring. Uh, you know, we know all about his playing career and I'm not saying, you know, th- this obviously would predate any of his coaching stuff, but, but uh, I, I'm going to make a few St. Louis references here that are going to make some people very upset. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very uh, much a softie right now for uh, the, the local boy, you know, the homegrown talent comes home, makes good after uh, last night's uh, Blues Game 7 double overtime win where St. Louis, born and bred Pat Maroon, put one in the back of the net to help uh, send the Blues to the Western Conference Finals, opponent TBD. Uh, so, I, I, it's, I mean, he's got the tools, but also I'm, I'm leaning on leaning on a little bit of that uh, soft spot for, for old uh, uh, head coach Scott Frost at the moment. So, I'd, I'd go Scott Frost. Nice pick. I also had Joe Gans. That was not a bad one. You know, I mean, pe- people not bad one. People overlook. Be- and and we, we've talked about this before. People sleep on you know those Callahan era and, and early Pelini era quarterbacks because the the program was down and the, and the team was crap. And, and you could even go back to you know like Jamal Lord. Uh, you know when when he was done. Uh, he was the second, you know, or 
second on the list as far as quarterbacks with rushing yards, you know, or Husker quarterbacks with rushing yards. Um, and I think he follows the Five Heart Podcast. So, uh, you know, special touch there, uh, special nod uh, to Jamal Lord. But Taylor, uh, Joe Gans, you know, those were those were good quarterbacks. What about Riker? Joe Dale. What about what? Riker Five. Shut up. Well, Riker Five had 407 yards against Purdue that game that he lost with the four interceptions or whatever it was in 2015. But uh, sadly, no. Nobody picked Harrison back. No one picked. Uh, no one picked the turnover machine either. Well, there's yeah. Tommy Armstrong. Tanner. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Tanner Lee. Well, yeah. You know, that's. That's kind of a sneaky pick. I mean, your earliest, you no. you have three earlier choices for my generation of, when I was a kid would be uh, Dave Hum, Jerry Taggy, and Vince Ferragamo. But you know, I mean, no that Turner was a long. Well, Turner Gill, Turner Gill, I think you know we did that thing with your favorite Nebraska player of all time. Turner Gill certainly would be there, but I think that uh, I want to. I want a guy that can throw the ball. And I think Turner Gill was decent at it. But when you look at the completion percentages for, like, him and uh, Tommy Frazier, they're not that good. So uh, I would pick a guy who can throw the ball very well, very accurately with a low interception and make good decisions. That's the kind of quarterback I want. Does anyone want to take a stab at mine before I announce it? Well, the the only other one that I was going to ask John about, see how he remembered was uh, Jerry Godowski. Jerry Godowski was very underrated. See? Tell me, tell us more. I'm going to guess Brooks Berenger. Well, Brooks Berenger would be another one. I think Brooks Berenger could run the offense that I would like to run very well. I, I almost picked uh, Brooks, but I, I didn't. I'm going to guess Hoff pick a Sam Keller. <laughs> no, I feel no, like Keith but, wants to get uh, thrown off the podcast. This quarterback also hails from California, and it's going to come as a shock to many. Adrian Martinez. Oh, God damn it! I was just going to say, why didn't we think of that? He hasn't even finished playing yet. He's the obvious guy because he's Adrian honest Martinez. to God. He's he's can run and throw, and he's probably the most accurate passer we have ever seen in the history of Nebraska football, and we've only seen him for one season. Mark it down. He is going to be the best all-time quarterback we've ever had at Nebraska. I've been saying this since the Minnesota game last year. Like, that see, you know, to play like that as a true freshman after not even playing your senior year in high school, just insanity. And he can run. He, he's a thrower who can also run. You know, makes great decisions. He'd operate the exact offense that I'd want to run. So, Adrian Martinez. It's like we set him up for that. I was waiting. I was just waiting. When I saw Greg send that last night as I was leaving the gym, looked at my phone real quick, and I was like, I already know who I'm going to pick. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see what uh, – I don't know how you mark it down. How do you mark it down? When you Mar- say mark it down, do I write well, it on the wall? Martinez, Martinez may not win championships like 
you know, Taggy, Frazier, and Frost. But at this point, after 20 years in the desert, he wins a couple of Big Ten championships or even one and just has a stellar career numbers-wise. I mean, he's – I mean, he already – you can make case he's already the most talented that we've ever had play through one year. Yes. I mean, think, think – you know, Frazier as a true freshman – you know, he was good. You could tell that he was special from the games that I've gone back and watched, but he didn't operate with the smooth efficiency that Martinez did. And Crouch in 98 didn't either. And yeah, we're in a more quarterback friendly offense and era, but you don't go out there and go 25 and 29 as a true freshman in a conference game like you did against Minnesota or throw for 267 and run for another 80 against the 11th-ranked defense in the country in Iowa's defense very often as a true freshman. Well, let's I'm not sure I'd choice. even trade him very for Tua. Choice. I'm not even sure if I'd trade him for Tua or Trevor Lawrence. Well, let's take this opportunity now because I did uh, throw this out the very last minute. Uh, as Haas mentioned, you know, and we recorded this uh, on Wednesday night, and, and of course you hear it on Fridays, but uh, I, I dropped this topic to, uh, to uh, the guys, the panel, my esteemed colleagues, on Tuesday night. And, uh, I, of course, I waited until about an hour before we started recording to throw it up on social media and get your take. So without any further ado, we are going to debut – we, we debuted it last week, but we're going to play now the the uh, very special audio uh, that, that introduces Use Your Voice. Husker fans, you have hot takes. You have opinions. You have questions. Now, it's time to use your voice. Tweet the show at the number 5 Heart Podcast. Message us on Facebook or Leave a voicemail at 402-327-1830. But most important, use your voice. All right. So, uh, by the way, uh, the, the voice of Use Your Voice, my good friend and uh, former Marine Nebraska native and author, that's right, he wrote a book. I highly recommend you check it out. My buddy Rob Kugler, and you can get his book on Amazon. It is called... A dog named Beautiful. It's about his cross-country trip with uh, his his dog, his three-legged dog Bella. That's why Beautiful is Bella, yada yada. Uh, anyway, he, he chronicles that and much more of his life, his military career, etc. Uh, some fantastic pictures there in the middle. You know, like most books have pictures. Um, check it out. It, at least go on Amazon and read the uh, uh, description. See if it's something for you. It'll pull at your heartstrings. Uh, it, it's a fantastic story. Uh, Rob's entire story is. But um, uh, we'll get to a couple voicemails here in just a minute. But we actually, uh, again, I put it out on social media. And our friend, hashtag targeting, at Rain Basin says, I, I think there was a typo involved because I don't know who A-Dart is. But I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be A-Mart because dot, 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 well, why not? So well, he's already playing for me. So there's your why not. I I don't know. I I kind of like the a dart thing because he's a dart. Yeah, he always runs the, the quarterback down. Yeah, and he throws a dart. Maybe maybe that's uh, maybe it wasn't a typo because D and M are not necessarily close on the keyboard. 
Do you know who this guy is? Who hashtag targeting? No. Yes. Do you know him personally? Uh, her. I met her at okay. the Illinois game a couple of years ago. Okay. Well, then we're stealing her nickname. Maybe if it sticks. Okay. Uh, we. Uh, I'll. I'll tell her. No, don't tell her. It just happens, and then we claim it. Oh, okay. My God, you don't know how these things work, do you? Do we You're not it, nearly vicious enough. Do we make a T-shirt and then not give her any of the proceeds? Yes. Okay. That's how. <laughs> this is a capitalist society. <laughs> God. So uh, it's like I got to teach you guys everything. So now we're going to uh, now we're going to play the voicemails, uh, and again, I encourage you to. Uh, be a part of the conversation every time that we throw it out there. And any, you don't have to wait for our prompting. Uh, feel free to just drop us a voicemail, Husker-related, or if you want to ask John a question about history since he was there, uh, the number is 402-327-1830. And maybe I'll even remember to throw that one in the article this week. I didn't last week. John had to throw it in for me. Uh, so here is a call from... Well, they're both calls tonight are from uh, the 402. This one is uh, a 670 prefix, and it's only a few seconds long. Harrison Beck, easy. It's all about the SpaghettiOs. So there you go. There's a, a vote of confidence for Harrison Beck, who surprisingly none of us mentioned when uh, when we were naming our quarterbacks. Now, there was uh, a Harrison Beck mentioned earlier, thanks to Keith dropping the spoiler. Waiting for Keith to come. Keith, are you there? What? What? All right, no, just making sure you were alive, man. I hadn't heard from you in a while. He's uh, sitting on a flag. I was concerned. Right, how's your game of Battlefield going? Oh, screw that. You're like, yeah, Five Heart Podcast is where I need to put all my attention on this Wednesday night. Or Vanilla Coke. Okay. To each their own. Uh, so, yeah, Harrison Beck, um, not a great quarterback and kind of a douche on line, but that's just me. Um, I think he is a great quarterback, and he's kind of he's kind of him. He had one completion. Yeah, but it beat Kansas State, so screw it. screw anybody that thinks otherwise. Otherwise, we'd have lost to Kansas State. You realize that? John and Harrison Beck Why are the only people who like Harrison Beck as a football player. We got the right. No, <laughs> I don't think so. I wouldn't know. I don't have John's right. phone number. He's never trusted me with it. Yes. What's the second one? The second one is from Bob and Brainerd. Yeah, this is Bob and Brainerd. I just wanted to say that if I had to pick one quarterback for winning the national championship in a one-game setting, I would definitely pick uh, Monte Cristo. The Count of Monte Cristo, who started a few games for us back in 98. Thanks. Go Big Red. Black's not a school color. Bye. All right. Uh, are you guys is there a to... Brainerd, Nebraska? Yeah. Yeah, that's where the Macovickas were from. Shit, I forgot that. I always thought it was Brainerd, Minnesota. This is a re- Brainerd, Minnesota is yeah. a really nice place. Anyway, we're gonna go ahead. We're going to just have to revoke your native son status. All right, so there's uh, there's Bob. Were you guys able to make a, a whole lot of sense out of that? Uh, yes, he he was for the Count of Monte Cristo. Have you read that book, John? 
Yes, years ago, but do you know what he's referring to? Uh, if he would have said uh, the um, annexation of Puerto Rico, I'd have been a little bit more familiar. But that's, really? that's Monte a- Cristo was a quarterback who started some games in 98 after Newcomb got hurt. Yes, and I remember we lost a game that was around Halloween, and I went. I was in was Lincoln. Was that it? I think so. It was around Halloween, and I went downtown to a bar, and the guy, the guy who was the DJ, just kept saying the Count of Monte Cristo over and over and over, and doing an evil laugh. That's why the only reason why I remember that is he a doctor? I think he's now? like a doctor now. I just Googled. First of all, I spelled it wrong in my Google machine. But he, he, apparently, Dr. Monty J. Cristo, right there on Dodge Street in Omaha. Well, oh, good for him. Well, if you're listening, Dr. Cristo, there you go. And not only that, but here's a fun one. He popped up in a uh, in a corn, you know, on that same Google search. He's in a coronation article written. Uh, oh, dear God in heaven. Uh, Nebraska's Nebraska football's five most overrated quarterbacks of the past 20 years. He's in there. And this is an article that apparently I have a byline on, which means that somebody else threw me on there. But it was uh, Husker Mike, myself, and Brian Toll. And if you get there, you'll see that indeed Christo was apparently an overrated quarterback. And now I hope he's not listening. I thought he was a walk-off. Okay, that's not even that old. I don't remember this article. Even if if he's listening, even if he's listening, you got a fan in Bob from Brainerd. Uh, So this is what I'm going to read straight from Coronation, which is fine because it's our own material. Uh, It's hard to put a a guy who won three national championship rings in the piece, but at the same time, Christo's senior season was a little rough. The quarterback job was a wide-open thing after the departure of Scott Frost. Bobby Newcomb was wanting that job after Tom Osborne left, and he and Eric Crouch had a pretty healthy battle for the starting job. Christo did some mop-up work in in Nebraska's first couple games and did well to finish off a victory in Berkeley versus Cal after Crouch went down injured. Christo even rallied Nebraska to a come-from-behind win versus Missouri on October 24th. That earned him the start versus Texas on Halloween with a 47 home game winning streak online. Christo started slowly and gave way to Crouch after Nebraska was down 10 nothing in the second quarter. There wasn't much of Monty anymore, and the walk-on from Carney finished his career in mop-up duty. So there you go. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, can, I don't, I don't know who wrote that, but I don't think you can call a walk-on from Carney overrated. I don't either. That wasn't one of mine. Like I said, but, it was. It but was I, uh, do you realize what that game was? Uh, tell yeah, me, Texas game. Yeah. yeah, Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams, yeah. the probably the greatest, one of the greatest running backs of all time. He just. I he, actually watched that game on YouTube a few weeks ago. Yeah. Because uh, I, I worked my way through the late '90s games on YouTube when I'm have some spare time. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty pretty moribund offense until Crouch got put in. Yeah, and the thing with Williams is uh, you'd think you'd stop him for three, and he'd have five, and you'd stop him for five, and he'd have eight. And it just got worse as the game went on. The guy was a monster. The crazy thing is he rushed for 160 yards, and if we held Jonathan Taylor to 160, I would consider that a victory. All right, so <laughs> That's true in this day and age. So here, How the mighty have fallen. Here's the thing, and, and again, this is 
Uh, again, five most overrated quarterbacks in the past 20 years as of June 29, 2017. I'm going to read the list to you because we've mentioned several of, or, or you know, a few of them already in the other part of, of the discussion about Nebraska quarterbacks in national championship games. Most overrated or nominations of overrated quarterbacks. Joe Gans, Taylor Martinez, uh, Sam Keller, which no surprise there, Monte Cristo, Bobby Newcomb. And Sam Keller won. No, I'm not sure. The the poll. I'm not the, sure the, if you can put Bobby Newcomb in there when it's a guy who got injured halfway through '98, got the job taken away from him in '99 because of Crouch's antics, and then plays wing back for the last year and a half of his career. By the way, you gotta love the first comment uh, when you scroll down, and, and our comments are always fantastic. I would Helen Keller over Sam. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so if you've enjoyed this uh, uh, look back at coronation of days of uh, the past, we hope that you've enjoyed this entire show, and we hope that you enjoy the other podcast on the coronation feed, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network, and that's of Bangerangs and Daggers with Patrick and Nate. Their first episode dropped earlier this week. We hope you had a chance to listen to it and enjoy it. And uh, uh, I haven't yet, but that's just because I haven't had a chance to listen to any podcast. So uh, it's definitely in my queue, ready to go. But I think that'll be it. Won't now I, I have some news. <sighs> okay, hold on. Well, well let's, let's finish out our little... Uh, uh, I've, I've got more. There's a, the end sounder for Use Your Voice, and it plays now. Be a part of our next episode. Use your voice on Twitter, Facebook, or call us at 402-327-1830. And go Big Red. Okay, John, what is your news? I was thinking of starting a podcast of my own. Really? Where I would interview people. It's going to be uh, called I Got a Dinger, sponsored by Blue Chew. <laughs> Uh, you know, some people might not feel comfortable on that podcast. Can, well, well, you know, I mean, we're all adults. I you think. know, are being you sure, interviewed you, one-on-one by a guy who's sponsored by Blue Chew. Are you sure it's not going to be called Donk Smasher with John? Oh, God. <laughs> One of the I favorite could, segments. I could start a emoji, podcast where I just go around and, and ask people, what do you think this means? And they'd, I mostly would be probably people slapping me. Well, don't make that a, a podcast. Make that a video. Like, make that a YouTube stream or something. What do they call that? TikTok? No, no, no. Just make a YouTube uh, channel for it. I don't know anything about TikTok. Uh, at least nothing relative to social media. Um, well, yes, TikTok is social media. I don't know anything about it. What is TikTok? I'm, I'm old, remember? It's like little short. Why, why, why am I the old man and I know more about this stuff? It's like little short videos that people make. Like Vine? I remember Vine. Yeah, kind of like that. Okay, let's go with that. Hey, John. Yes? What games are you coming back for this year? I have no idea. That's too far away, and I haven't planned anything. Would you all... Well, it's be- 115 days away. You should probably get on that. You know? Oh, God. Uh, you know what I mean? I make my decisions at the spur of the moment because that's the kind of guy I am. Serious question. Would you all be interested in coming to Champaign for the Illinois-Nebraska game? It's almost guaranteed to be a Nebraska victory. 
I've been there twice. It's a fun little atmosphere and stadium. And uh, we can tailgate with some people. I'll probably kick over a, a, uh, a little tailgate Weber grill because that's what I do. And uh, we'll, we'll have some fun. How's the scenery? How's the what? How's the scenery? Uh, there are no mountains. Wait. No, girl. Wait, depending on. Uh, oh, I get it now. I was thinking, okay, it's not like being in Wyoming or looking out I, to the back of the Rose Bowl where you see mountains. Um, no, I don't know. I, I'm married. I don't know anything about what, what you're talking my about. My God. Okay. Uh, where do we stay, Greg? Uh, at a champagne super eight. Sure, yeah. I keep, I keep waiting. Come on. Well, here's the Come thing. Come on. It, it would it make. I, I would offer my open my home to you, but my home is about three hours south of Champagne, so I probably won't even be staying at my home that night. Oh, okay. Well, shit. I'll be the uh, John. John, okay. you just get an Airbnb on the Coordination credit card. Yeah, expense that shit. When has John ever expensed anything on the business account? Yeah, he didn't even do that at uh, Blue Bloods. That's cool. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. What are you talking you? about? No, no, Matt. It was Matt who did. Well, that's that was part of the deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a little. It was a little awkward that time sitting at Blue Blood with everyone and Matt. You know, who's what is he at? SB Nation. He's pretty high. He is. He's one of the college. He's one of my bosses. He is one of the college league managers. He also does a lot of writing. Matt Matt whips down his big old SB Nation card. Yeah, under the table. Now I I expensed beer after the spring game, but none of you sons of bitches were there, were you? I was, it was a little awkward sitting across the table from Matt, considering that just two months earlier I called him in the Slack chat room a effing moron for his love of analytics and football. So I, sat I, there think very that, I hope you don't I say that to he's Paul. Okay. He's okay. He's a good guy. Yeah, you know, I, I have a uh, prickly personality. Hey, Don. You think? Yes? Yeah, I, I know. Can I get money for going to the Big Ten baseball tournament? <laughs> no. Hey, John. It's not in the budget. You want to you tack on a few more dollars so me and Keith can go eat a bunch of pizza and drink a bunch oh of beer? Oh, my God. Oscars? Okay. Hey, John. Are we done? Can, can you expense Hoss and Mine's trip to the Big Ten uh, uh, championship in December? Yeah, I tickets included. Guys. What was that, Keith? What was that, Keith? I got a place to stay for you guys. Hell yeah! All right, there you go. We're 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 getting that expensive. If you want to come watch Lorenzo Neal in person, you're more than welcome to. Uh, you know, I was thinking if I strike out on getting Colorado tickets, my road game trip might be the Purdue game on November second because tickets are like dirt cheap on StubHub right now. Absolutely, you know, it's the best game to go to of the year. Mostly, my fiance's there. Let's ignore the fact that I've already invited you to uh, Illinois, but that's fine. No, no, you go to West Lafayette. Well, you know, it skipped my mind because this was on my mind as recently as yesterday. You just said that about Champagne. I would love to be back in the state of Illinois, even though Champagne's far from Chicago. Yeah, no, see, there's Chicago and then there's Illinois. You've not really been to Illinois if you've been to Chicago. 
I drove to normal last time I was there. Okay, so you've been to Illinois. If you saw corn or beans, you were in Illinois. Yeah, I stopped at a gas station that very explicitly stated that you could not use the restroom unless you were a paying customer. Did you pay? I think I bought a can of chew, even though I didn't need one. Then I went and laid siege to their toilet for the next 10 minutes. (laughs) And on that happy note, or note of some adjective uh, I'll let you uh, determine, we're going to get out of here. For the love of God, we need to go. Uh, Yes. Thank you to Keith for uh, joining us and for uh, you, the listener, for your participation. And we encourage you to do so again. That phone number is in the show. If you hit the rewind, you'll find it. And we'll 402-327-1830. Have what is it? 402-327-1830. There you go. What is that? I think that's our, our voicemail number. I don't think it is. You better verify yeah, that. Yeah, it is, because guess what, guys? I'm I'm Bob from Brainerd. What? No, I had no idea that that was the case at all. Yeah. 402-327-1830. Yeah, he was right. Bob from okay. Brainerd speaks. By the way. Are you, you going to cut, hey, the, guys, are you gonna cut that part out? Hell no, I'm not going to cut that part out. No, oh, dude. my God. Plot twist. Now, the thing is, I don't know who the other... I don't know who it was that suggested uh, Harrison Beck, so that'd be really it's Tweety. It's a 402 number, though. Wouldn't he have a California number? Who? You'd think. Tweety. But does Tweety do anything normally? And secondly, I can't... I, I don't know if he listens to our show like I listen to their show. Okay, maybe it's an actual person who responds to it because we put this stuff on social media and things. Right. That's what I'm hoping. That'd be new. All right. Um, hey, you forgot to add in the voicemails from last week into that article. What do you mean? Uh, they're in the podcast. Yeah, they're in the podcast. Oh, they're in the podcast. Oh, they're in audio form. Yeah, My God. Okay, we're leaving now. Haas has clearly lost his mind. He he's he gets his he, he's done with school for a little while, and he decides to turn his brain off. Um, so that is it for this episode of the five, (laughs) I don't blame him. That's (laughs) it for this episode of the five heart podcast, uh, for my esteemed colleagues and myself, I'm Greg Mahochko, uh, Hoss Reuter, John Dam Johnston, Keith Yapel. We remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John go big red. Win the damn off season. I got a dinger. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.